What up, everybody? This is another episode of the Ascension Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Cannon, director of Team Film Basketball, owner and creative Ascension Sports Consultant. Coming back at you with another episode. I know it's been a while. It's been a hectic uh, couple of months. A lot's happened in college sports, high school recruiting, uh, a lot of changes within our program. And I uh, just want to touch base on a lot of that stuff. Plus, kind of some of the hearsay that I'm getting on college basketball, coaching vacancies, uh, that type of deal. So I uh, just want to lead into it with kind of a guidance for the kids who are unsigned seniors right now. High school season is coming to an end. I know it came a lot sooner than you anticipated. I know as a kid, you feel like when it's August, February feels like it's so far away. March feels so far away. But now it's on top of you. And either you have offers and you are holding out for that Power Five or next tier offer from a school in a bigger conference than what you already have. Pretty much if you're this late in the game and you're still searching, you're kind of putting yourself behind the eight ball. There's no kind of you putting yourself behind the eight ball because a lot of the scholarships that you had on the table, coaches can't wait any longer. They have to go ahead and build this class out for 2020 because April, they have to start focusing on 2021. And when they put that offer on the table, you can't take your time like you could in the early signing period and I'm gonna schedule these five visits over the next four or five weeks and take my time. Not unless you are the main guy on that school board, which is usually not gonna be the case if you're a fringe player on that next level up. Low major schools, they'll probably give you a little more leeway, but it's still gonna be much more of a first come, first serve type of deal on these offers that will come out in February and March. My recommendation to you is if you have something solid and you, you reasonably like it, you like, you know, it checks enough boxes for you, I will go ahead and take it. Um, the worst thing you could do is leave your future in somebody else's hands. If you have three offers on the table, they're all first come, first serve, and you really like school A, but you just want to go on a visit to go on the visits to school B and C, and another player takes school A, you didn't get to choose which school you wanted to go to or what coach you wanted to play for. Now you're just choosing from what's left on the table. Don't put yourself in that situation. Give yourself a chance to have the most success as possible at the college level and choosing the school on your own accord as opposed to what's left over. For the kids who don't have anything going on right now, there's no D1s in sight, no D2s, D3s. You aren't communicating with anybody, but you feel like you're talented. You have enough film. You have this production to prove it. What I recommend to those kids is D2 schools and D3 schools ought to have open workouts uh, starting at the end of the season, most time in like March, April. I recommend you getting in your car, contacting those coaches and going to as many of those pickup games as possible and have your transcript with you, have your, you know, have any of the test score, all that stuff with you when you go. 
a lot of times that money can exchange hands right after the pickup games. If they like you enough, they can go ahead and kind of put your financial package together for, you know, that upcoming school year right there on the spot. But chasing that D1 dream, if you don't have any D1 offers at this point in the game, you you doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> Start contacting Division Two, Division Three schools, and seeing what their process is, and uh, making sure that you have something on the table. And I also recommend you you do a late application to just go to school. Uh, sometimes we all think we're collegiate players, or you should be D1, but a coach has to see you in that same light and offer you that scholarship or not, you still need to go to college and become a great student and tackle it from there. If you want to prefer a walk-on position, you can't take it unless you've already been applied and you've already been accepted to the school. So you, you still have to do your due diligence. Go ahead and fill out those college applications, send them out, and maybe opportunity to be a preferred walk-on, but you have to get in school first. Coach can't even talk to you about being a preferred walk-on into the admissions is is legit. So just wanted to give that little information. I know there's a lot of kids in that boat this year uh, with the changes to the recruiting calendar last year. But I don't want you to lose out on opportunities uh, just on hope. There's no more hoping at this point in stage. You, you have what you have, and you may pick up a couple more schools like on the same level that you already have, but Hoping Carolina comes in and your offers are currently Catawba, uh, Lola, Maryland, and Townsend. Like, it's just not going to happen. So go ahead and make the most of whatever you have on the table. And you know, go ahead and set your own, own future. Enjoy the last part of your high school and be a student for a little bit and then go to school in May or June, the summer school, and go to that next chapter. But definitely make sure you, you take take matters in your own hands. The other advice I want to give is kids who are currently preparing to go to AAU tryouts or travel ball tryouts. The game has changed a lot in the last two years with the new recruiting calendars. If you're trying to go to school, you need to put yourself in the best situation to go to school, which means you need to play for an AU program regardless. You got to be playing in front of somebody, period. And it generally doesn't have to do with the coach unless your AU director is the coach. Nine times out of ten, most of the college coaches deal directly with the AU directors or program directors. Go somewhere where the program director has a, a known track record of getting kids in school and having relationships reason why that's the case is as a program director especially a, a good program you, you're generally going to have more kids coming through your pipeline than college coaches want to recruit so dealing with us not to say the coaches hold back but they can't for the most part sever the relationships because that could the possibility of you having another kid that they'll want is higher so the relationship's a little bit more genuine than with a, a AAU coach that could be replaced from year to year or usually are replaced from year to year. The other thing is, 
knowing your level. And when I say that is, I think the EYBL is very good for the kids that are Harry Giles good, Bam Adebayo good, like that. Those kids are maximized on the EYBL because it's, it's kind of hard to find pro talent like that. Each circuit will have a pro, you know, on it or pro level talent. But EYBL is kind of, that's kind of where they build their reputation off of. We want to have the top, whatever, 15, 20 guys represented on our circuit. So if you're one of those 15 or 20, EYBL probably gives you the best chance to play against more of those guys on a more consistent basis. But if you are mid-major, low-major, or a high-major recruit that's not blue blood good you need to find the best fit and when I say that is there's certain kids that do well on Adidas and Under Armour that I don't know if they would have gotten the same opportunities on EYBL not saying they're not good enough they're good enough but I don't think the marketing around them would have been the same if they went to the EYBL so Take Jalen Suggs, for instance. Super talented kid. Hands down, top 10 basketball player in the country. Under Armour kid. If he goes to the YBL, he's still going to be a top talent. But the marketing campaign surrounding him may or may not have been the same. On Under Armour, he was the guy, you know, one of the guys for the whole circuit. I don't know if he's the same on the YBL. Um, Chet Hogan is a superstar on Under Armour. I think he'd be, I think he'd be very good on EYBL, but would the marketing follow the same? So just taking that into account, you need to look at where your son will fit, who's gonna give him the most opportunity to showcase his talent, and who can actually market him to the right schools in order to get his recruitment. If you're a kid that already has 100 offers and you're a five-star, you can pretty much play anywhere you want to. It's not going to make a difference. There's nothing any of these directors can do for you that you haven't already got. So if you already got Carolina and Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and you're five-star and you're already going to camps and all that good stuff, like you choose where you want the most fun at. If you're a kid that has one or two offers, and you need help with your recruitment, go where the program can help you the most. The, the game is changing. The focus is pretty much strictly on recruiting now. Most parents I talk to now is strictly about recruiting. They want their kids to go to school. Not every program is good at putting kids in school. So just because you play in a tournament, if there's no coaches, if nobody's calling a coach to specifically look at your son, the misconception is that if I play on the EYBL, Coach K and Izzo will come to watch me play. That couldn't be further from the truth. They still have guys that they're targeting. They're going to go see the targeted guy. Now, if you get a game against one of their targeted guys, I guess technically they can see you play, but they're not recruiting you at that moment. They're there to see the guy that they're recruiting. So, whether it's Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, 
make sure somebody's working strictly for you. Uh, obviously, through Ascension Sports, uh, I'm helping Cam Edwards, a 2020 kid, play with CP3, played EYBL, didn't have any offers. He just picked up his first two Division One offers last week. But he's an EYBL kid, but he didn't have anything. I helped Xavier McLean, an Adidas kid, didn't have much. I think he had Citadel. He finished with somewhere around 10 or 12 offers. He played Adidas. Um, so it's one of those things of it doesn't matter the circuit. It's just kind of finding the right situation to get the, the profile large enough for schools to take their chance on you. And I use those two kids because I help them personally. I'm sure there's cases of Under Armour kids in the same boat regardless, whoever. But I just wanted to put an example out there that with any of these circuits, there's no guarantee because you played on that team that you're going to be the one to receive a scholarship offer. Now, what I pride ourselves on over at Team Felton is every kid that's graduated our program has gone to school on scholarship. We've never had a kid not receive a scholarship offer. So, but I put all my time and all my effort into that. A lot of coaches, a lot of program directors are strictly about winning. And if that's the goal, that's cool. But most times, like to win one of these circuit championships, like a lot has to go right. So when you don't win, if your goal is to win it and you don't win it and kids don't go to school, to me, it's almost like you wasted the whole summer and you, and you wasted the kids opportunity to pursue his dream because if I'm trying to win I'm only playing seven kids you can't play 10 12 kids in a travel ball situation most times and win those tough games like in certain games you can't play everybody and everybody can have fun and compete but when you play really good teams you really only gonna hang your head on about seven kids they gonna play the bulk of the minutes yo the top tier kids they're not coming out the game so if you got three dudes those three dudes gonna play till they probably just gonna play. Like it ain't no till they get tired. They just gonna play. But what that does is, yeah, you win those games. But the kid who may need the help or that look against a better talent didn't get that opportunity, and now he has zero recruiting. And you finish the AU season up, and all you got left is book bag and shoes and no offers and. That's a harsh reality for a lot of kids. Or you try to jump ship in the middle of the season, which makes it even worse on you because now coaches are kind of questioning your stability. They're questioning if you're coachable or not. And to the kids' defense, like it could have just been a really bad situation. But travel ball mirrors college basketball so much now that college coaches kind of pay attention to all of that because if you quote unquote transfer AAU programs, transfer high schools, there's a very good chance that the moment something gets rough in college, you want to transfer in college as well. And coaches just don't want to waste their time like that anymore. So they pay attention to those trends and the kids' behavior, parents' behavior. You know, how do they handle adversity? Are they willing to play their role? 
and you don't have to the misconceptions. You don't have to score fifty points a game in the travel ball season to get an offer. The whole key is whatever that school is looking for. If Bowling Green is recruiting you, and they say we want a pass first point guard, and you go out and shoot fifty shots, you're probably not going to get the scholarship. Like they understand that you don't practice a whole lot and travel ball. So the execution isn't going to quite be there. The timing is not going to be there on a lot of, you know, re-react situations. Most of the offenses will be four round one, pick and roll base because there's not a whole lot of time to practice. Uh, there are some exceptions to the rules, but, for, you know, nine out of 10 travel ball teams, they may practice once a week on a Saturday or if, if at all, and just show up and play. I mean, it's it's a showcase. We, we're going to roll the ball out and let you showcase your talents. It's not too much more than that. So put yourself in the best situation. Uh, financially, it gets expensive in high school. So if you're not a shooting, the key thing for you to do is just play where your kids can be recruited, be seen. So... There's some kids that I think probably could have had more offers if they'd have played on their shoe circuit team last year. Just in, I'm speaking on North Carolina, just because they got exposure to other states, other territories, areas that would have probably given them a lot more options at the same level. So if they signed mid-major in North Carolina, they probably would have mid-major in Georgia, Virginia, Tennessee, South Carolina. But for the most part. If you're an under-the-radar kid going into this last year AU, you're not just going to, not unless you just a stud. Um, I think the most recent case of that is like DeMarco Dunn at Westover High School in Fayetteville. I got a chance to watch him play. Like, he's, he's got all the tools to be super special. I think he'll be a kid. He just picked up Vanderbilt. Um, he has a chance to end up being a kid that blows up this summer. I, and I'll be honest, like, I... Where he decides to play will kind of determine that. He's a new kid to the area. I think it's from California or Arizona. But depending on where he decides to play, it will kind of determine that based on what his role is. Because he can easily be stifled out, too. If he goes to the wrong situation, uh, he could fall between the cracks just because he's so new uh, to the area. But he could be a kid that's under the radar to blow up. And uh, a lot of times college coaches see kids too much. And once they see you too much, then it's hard for them to pull the trigger on you because they, they know all your weaknesses more than they know your strengths. Your, your weaknesses just magnify every time they see you. So for a kid like him, he's new to the area, so they haven't had a lot of time to critique him. He's got great size for his position. And if he's productive, I would expect him to just pick up off out the offer in April in the right situation. Um, but... For the most part, you understand that you only have three weekends left in your travel ball career. So you got two weekends in April and one in July. June, depending on what kind of high school you go to, if you're not an accredited school or part of an association, you don't get the advantages of the live period in June. So you, April is super important because you play bad in April. July is going to pretty much be non-existent for you. So these, these first two weekends in April will be super important for you 2021 kids. Uh, definitely for an unsigned senior in 2020, you can't mess that up. You messed it up in April, July is an afterthought. 
there's not enough time for coaches to reevaluate you in four days, five days. So make sure you get it right. Go go check out as many teams as possible. Find out if you're playing or not. Don't be just satisfied with being on a team. Do your due diligence and just choose the best fit. The other part of the equation is who your kid is going to be around. Most parents don't travel at this age, at 16, 17. Be leery of who you let your kids be around, the habits they'll pick up when they go out on the road. Make sure they're around good people or whatever it is that you're looking for. If you care about that, make sure they get them home safe. The accommodations are good. The whole nine yards, like that's, that's in a nutshell all travel basketball is for the most part at this stage. You know, when you're younger, I think it's more development-based. It should be learning how to win, learning how to lose and bounce back from it, learning from it learning to be a part of structure and trying to win these championships. Like, all oh, that's important. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, U. 9th, 10th, 11th grade, like you're trying to get to college. And you still, you hope that those values have already been instilled in those kids by that point in time. If, if it's this late in the game and you don't have those values, it's kind of hard to ask a 17U coach to instill those values in you over the course of about six, and it ain't even six weeks. You might play six weekends. So it's up to our, you know, up to us to kind of find the kids that already have some of that in them, and hopefully you can add a little bit more. But for the most part, the kids, we're going to market you as what you are when you show up to trials. Because it's just not enough time at 17 and under to take a kid from nothing to something in just one summer. Uh, kids can get a little better and if you put the right talent around them the stuff that they're already doing can be magnified but I don't think you can just totally change a kid's shot uh, that type of deal within three months you know essentially is April, May nothing in June and then July so not even just one week in July so just understand this time will fly by too April live period to be here um, just a little over a month away you got to make your decisions and make the right decisions. And I know a lot of people want to play with their friends or your parents. You're making decisions based on what your homegirl is doing and that type of deal. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to be giving me a call to help you out uh, with your recruiting situation. Just make sure you choose the best situation for your kid. And, uh, I, you know, I hope everybody lands well. I hope everybody accomplishes their goals and, all that good stuff. Uh, I don't get into a lot of the travel team uh, jockeying for position type deal. I think all of the programs are necessary to facilitate all the amount of interest that the kids have in playing ball. So you won't find me speaking negative about any other program. I, I think that's super corny. Uh, I think everybody serves a purpose. It'd be almost like Duke down, you know, talking down on Garner Webb. There's no reason for that. If Duke is Duke, whatever they do well is going to attract whatever kids appreciate about their program. The kid that ends up at Garner Webb or A&T or any of those schools will end up there based on opportunity and the best fit. And travel ball is no different. Um, I think what I think us at Team Felton and myself, I think what we do better than anybody else is get every kid recruited. That's 
that's why I think we do better than anybody else. Not to say other people can't get kids in school. I just I feel like we do it better. Um, I think each program has its own niche. I think each you can kind of identify a certain kid that will be more apt to go to each one of the programs. I think everybody has their own feel surrounding that program. I don't look at any of our programs and say, I think our programs run just alike or remind me. Like, I don't see that about any of the programs. I think everybody is drastically different in their approach, the personnel, uh, the feel, the 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 goals of the, of the each program I think are different so I think based on your family and your, and your son or your daughter just align yourself with whatever program matches your ideals and has a need for your kids position and the plan time is available if the plan time is not available it shouldn't even be a consideration you, you can't afford to come off the bench for eight minutes and live periods and you don't have recruiting like you're going to be in a bad situation and but if you're just playing to just play it out and you if it happens it happens as far as going to college or you just out there just having fun at that point choose whatever's going to be the most fulfilling to you as a, as a kid and as a family if you're willing to kind of roll the dice like that but if, but if it's definitely about going to school, just align yourself with the program that, that matches your ideals. You trust with your baby to get them to and from, and uh, that I actually work for them or work for her. And that's just a simple equation that makes sure you're choosing the right, the right situation. So I hope that recruiting advice helps. I hope the AAU uh, trial advice helps. And, you know, based on that I just kind of want to lead into culture and one of the things I just watched over the course of my time doing this is the culture around travel sports basketball has become so toxic from a standpoint of I think early on that was more legit I don't want to say sportsmanship but more of a legit competitive mindset between the programs but there was a certain respect factor that was there that always made it fun. Like you love competing against each other in a fun way. I think more so now is the culture's changed to just this part of the travel season, whereas the recruiting of the kids and that type of deal. And I feel like it's more active in this part of the season than it is the actual playing the basketball on the court. And the stuff that goes along with the recruitment of the kids, I think that's the part that gets the gives travel basketball the black eye, so to speak, from a lot of people. The advice that's given out to a lot of families and kids that are not in their best interest, but the program's best interest or the coach's best interest or whatever the case may be, the shoe company's best interest. And it's hard for parents and kids to navigate through those, to be able to understand who's legitimately trying to help them. And I, 
I'm gonna be honest, like there's really no way for a parent to know. And I think that's why so many parents are misled or feel misled and kids feel misled or you see so many they sleeping on me tweets. It's not that they sleeping on you, they don't know who you are. And a lot of times they come from programs grabbing you, promising you one thing, you get in the middle of the season, and next thing you know, the first two live periods over with, you haven't played. And you have no recruitment. At the end of the summer, they're not helping you get recruited. And it's just business as usual. So you have to make sure that you don't end up in that situation because if you do, you're going to be very disappointed. Uh, you're experiencing some serious highs and lows in those situations. So let's do your best as parents to kind of navigate that. But from us as directors or coaches or however your situation is set up, I feel like everybody should mark. I think all the programs in North Carolina have positives that they can market, that they can say they do better than some of the other programs in our in our area. And I think if you concentrate on that from a program standpoint, it kind of takes care of itself. Obviously, everybody can do what they want to do. I mean, that's, that's not neither here or there. But I think that culture, that part of the culture is the the black eye. And to me, it's one of those things for being in it so long, it takes the integrity out of it. It takes the fun out of it for a lot of people, including myself. Like sometimes I have parents call and their initial reaction is kind of like, what can you do for me? Such and such is giving us this and providing us that. And that's just not me. Uh, I tell the same parents the same thing in every parent meeting. You know, whatever player nine is getting, same thing player one is getting. And my job is to get you options on the recruiting standpoint. If that's not what you're looking for, then it's probably not the best situation for you. My speech has been consistent every year. And we lose kids on that. But the good thing about being the director of the program is we get to choose who we work for. And when I say work for, I'm talking about the, the, the kids. It takes a lot of work to get most of these kids recruited or seen. And we sacrifice the time to put that work in for these kids. So I want to do it for kids that are appreciative and that they actually want to be here. Like it's, they think playing for Team Falcon is fun. There'd be kids that think going on the road is fun. There'd be kids that think Secret Career is fun. Team Wall, Team Charlotte, you know, regardless. The whole key is that we get to choose which kids we want to do that for. I don't know about other programs. We're volunteers, so we, we don't get paid for doing this. So you definitely want to choose kids, parents that appreciate what you're doing, make the trips fun. And that part of the travel ball culture is where I think doesn't get enough light is the culture that when everything is done the right way, the kids meet a ton of other kids from all over the world, you know, get exposed to coaches, get exposed to new cities, get exposed to going to an airport for the first time, a train for the first time, whatever. That's huge to their personal development or growth as people and learning how to navigate 
different transportation options, staying, hopefully staying in nicer hotels, accommodations, learning to eat at a nicer restaurant, that type of good nutrition. The black of it is the culture around the recruitment stages of travel basketball. I think the misleading during the season and then the lack of help for the kids that they weren't able to get recruited. So those are the things that bother me the most about the culture. We put a kid on our team in, in March. I tell them, I'm going to get you across the finish line. And for some of those kids, it happens in April. Like, their recruitment takes off. They got 100 offers. I really don't have to do much with that kid anymore after April. But that could be a kid that has to go all the way through that next senior year of high school and into April of that next year, I'm still working. So when I, you know, I always say the kids, like, no child left behind and there's a, you know, it's a lifetime deal for me. So for me, I got to get you where I promised I was going to get you to. I think each program should do that. If they don't, then that may not be the, the program for you if you're not, you know, a dude. You know, like, you're not a kid that's coming into the situation with heavy recruiting and all that. Like, you need to go somewhere where they can actually help you no matter how long the time frame is to get you where you need to be. So... You know, as far as speaking on any other programs, like I said, I wish all the programs luck. I hope all the kids get in school too, um, especially in North Carolina, because I want to see our state do well and I want to see our kids do well. Because regardless if you, you had a kid on your team, you get to know these kids from the time they're little because you're around each other, competing against each other. And, uh, to me, I think it speaks to the type of adult you are if you want to see a kid do bad because based on the jersey they put on. Um, like I said, that's extremely corny. And uh, for me, like I said, that's enough room for everybody. And I think if that culture is pushed, I think all of our kids go to school. There's a lot of amazing talent in North Carolina. And it's necessary to have the number of teams that we have in order to facilitate the number of talent, you know, the amount of talent we have. So, you know, with all that said, I hope everybody lands in the right situation. Um, for myself, a lot of times I just I always ask God to give me kids I'm meant to help. And sometimes that may not be the kids I have my own, but throughout my years, every kid that's been sent to me, you know, we've been able to help. So, you know, just to give you an idea of kind of how my philosophy works, um, obviously we have a ton of kids show up at trials. And usually I can kind of spot certain things about certain kids that just stand out to me. They may not be the most talented, but how they, you know, how they introduce themselves to me. Uh, just watching how they move and interact with the kids throughout trials. Certain kids, you can just tell this means more to them than the rest of the kids. And for me, those are the kids I want to work for. Um, like I said, a lot of times people just shoot the biggest kids. Um, you know, this kid's 6'9", they can jump and dunk, like, let's keep them. Uh, that definitely plays a factor into it, but at the same time, like, you're not going to get all those kids, so you, you have to find another avenue, another attribute that you like, and you just work for those kids just because of that reason, so parents, enjoy it, it's going to go back quick, I hope your kids all receive scholarships, I hope they get a, a positive experience, and for some reason, the recruitment doesn't go. 
Uh, you always can find my service at Central Sports Consultant. Yeah, every kid that's used our service has gotten a scholarship, has committed. I have two that still have to commit. They have offers now. Uh, they will be in the midst of uh, taking visits uh, here over the next month and then commit in April. That'd be Cam Edwards and Mackenzie Reed. Mackenzie uh, was the first lady of uh, Ascension Sports uh, from West Carteret. A little school down east. Not much. Even when I first started helping her, uh, there wasn't much publication on um, social media, any of that. Like, and for her to come out and she picked up her first three offers last week, two Division threes, and then picked up her first Division one for Chicago State. Um, we've been working together over the course of about three months, and uh, she's she's killed it on the court. And uh, it was just a matter of drawing schools to her personally to get, you know, get their attention. And, uh, you know, it was good to see her receive those offers last week. It lets me know that it can work for both boys and girls. So I appreciate Mackenzie. Her family trusted me with her process. And Cam uh, Edwards, like I said, picked up first two Division One offers last week. And... Uh, recruitment is you know coaches have stated calling about him uh after the way he's performed on the liberty heights um picked up some new kids that you know we will see how that recruitment takes off but i feel good about the group they're all extremely talented with Caden dawkins 2021 point guard out of eastern Gifford high school they had an undefeated regular seasons uh, undefeated uh, undefeated uh, regular season champions. They play for the championship, I believe, tonight uh, for the conference championship. Caden's probably averaging somewhere between 21, 22 points a game. Um, I saw him score 40 against Caden, uh, against uh, DeMarco Dunn. Caden's uh, going to be a big, he's a big time player now. I mean, he's just a kid that needs to get his name out there. And then looking at um, Caleb Hyman, who's a 6'3 combo guard. And the East Carteret uh, can shoot it lefty, smooth game, can finish like big time player, just was under the radar. So I'm interested to see uh, how his recruitment begins to take off now that people are starting to find out about him. And it's just one of those things of kind of putting the spotlight on him. And then, you know, I got another female talent out of High Point Christian Academy. She's a 2022 six foot four um, Kennedy Powell. And uh, man, she can flat out play. So I'm excited to see what these, you know, the attention these kids get. If you're already in the need of additional assistance, feel free to inbox me or recommend me to a friend. And, uh, and then we'll get the job done for them. College coaches that listen to the pod. Uh, I'm starting to delve in, you know, my expertise is JUCO placement. So if you're in need of JUCO players playing right away, give me a call. JUCO coaches, if you got kids that need assistance, hit me. Um, I can plug you in there. But that's kind of a matter with moving. If you need it, if you need the assistance, don't feel, you know, don't be shy. Reach out and we'll put a plan in place for your kid. And uh, like I said, we'll keep this success rate going at 100%. But that's all I had for today. Uh, I was going to delve into some of the coaching situations. Just to give a little shout out to Pat Ewan. I think he's doing a remarkable job at Georgetown with all that's going on this season. 
Uh, Coach Keats picked up a big win last night or two nights ago against Duke. Uh, I think that was a much needed win for them to try to have an outside shot to get into the tournament. Uh, be interested to see how that plays out. Um, Josh Passner is doing an outstanding job at Georgia Tech this year's four. It's kind of, you can kind of see the program turning in the right direction now. Whereas I think coming into the season, he was one of those guys that could have been on the bubble of whether he was a turner. Brown, Coach Brownell at Clemson, he was another guy, I think, coming into the uh, season. A lot of people didn't know whether he would be there or not. But he showed some life in Clemson, big wins. Uh, Carolina, I think it was Carolina and Duke all in the same week, or back-to-back games, now Louisville. So, you know, beating some big-time programs. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how this college back. I don't think there'll be as many college coaching changes as it was last year. Uh, a lot of people talking about Shaka Smart possibly being out of Texas. I don't see him being out unless they have a definite uh, replacement in mind. It's just Texas isn't as an attractive job as people think it is. It's a football school, and it's it's hard to you know beat that. It's always gonna be a football school, even if the football team isn't good. It's still a football school. And uh, Rick Barnes did a, a, a great job being able to pull that talent, but the times have changed since then. So a lot of the top kids aren't even going to like the blue blood schools anymore. So you look at like Kentucky, Duke, Carolina. I mean, you got kids like Scotty Barnes choosing Florida State, Jalen Sutherland choosing Gonzaga. Like six years ago, seven years ago, that would have never happened. So now kids are starting to understand that they are the brand. They can pretty much go where they want to. Anthony Edwards, uh, go where they want to and still have the end result. Anthony Edwards, to me, is still the number one draft pick, regardless of what Georgia does or how bad the team is performing. He's still the number one draft pick to me. Like He's the best prospect to me in college basketball as far as out of the you know, freshman class. Um, you know, with that being said, I think once Coach K retires, Roy Williams retires, like, I can see Carolina and Duke kind of going through the same struggles as UCLA and Indiana. I don't know if this is appealing to go to Carolina or Duke. Depending on who they I don't know a coach that could come in and replace Coach K. Like that would be a terrible job. Uh to kind of follow in those footsteps. And sort of like Doherty following in I mean he's coming in behind Dean. Like that's, that's a tough task in a market where UNC is always going to be expected to finish, you know, be a title contender. Duke is always going to be, a, you know, expected to be a title contender. So whoever takes those jobs over, man, they better have like a crazy resume, a huge following. But I don't even know who that would be. Like Michigan State when Izzo leaves. Calipari and he leaves Kentucky. Like, I I can see all of those schools struggling um, to maintain that level of uh, prominence once those guys leave. The kids that I know, they go to those schools to play for those coaches. And right now, there's not a lot of those type of pedigree guys in college basketball coaching that would be available to pluck away from another school. Uh, so just watching like the landscape of college basketball changing, I think there'll be new 
new teams every year pretty much because kids are just going to choose to play where they want to. Kate Cunningham's at Oklahoma State with his brother. Um, you know, it just kids are choosing schools for different reasons. Uh, I can't remember another kid's name went to USC. His dad coaches there. But these are schools that normally don't get these level of kids. And I think Kate Cunningham is the clear top player in this class. You know, he goes Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, I think that probably saves Borton's job. Like, that's, this season hasn't been great for him. But the fact that he's got Cade Cunningham coming in, they really can't afford to get rid of him and lose that type of prospect. So, um, I don't know. The landscape is definitely changing. So, you know, it'd be interesting how all this plays out. I think college basketball will be a lot better next year because I think a lot of the kids that – we thought we were going to be one and done the Matthew Hurts, those type of kids. Like, they just haven't performed well. Like, if they can still go pro, then they may go. But I don't think anybody's excited about the majority of this draft class. I think last year's draft was bad, and I think this year's draft is bad. Like, outside of maybe the top, I don't know, it's like eight to ten kids. And I still don't think they're going to be, like, super impact players right away. So, like, with this class, you had Zion. But as far as the rest of the, the kids, like, RJ's putting up numbers, but the Knicks are still losing. Uh, Cam Reddish has been up and down. Uh, you know, like, none of these kids are just coming into the draft and just, you know, just killing it like that. Like, it's going to take time. Uh, I think college basketball will be better for it, though. I think Duke, with that being said, can end up being, like, a serious title contender. The next two years, especially year after this, if everybody there's more four-year players on their roster now, so when they become the old kids on the roster, that team's gonna be really good. Uh, kind of the same thing with Kentucky. Uh, if EJ Montgomery comes back, I think Ashton Hagens will go. I think I don't think his stock will get any higher. I think Nick Richard should go because his stock has never been higher. Um, but they got a good class coming in with Clark and some of these other kids. I think they can end up being really good in a year or two. But overall, like, college basketball was down this year. And looking at the talent discrepancy, the amount of parity between the number one teams and non-unranked teams. I mean, you got Duke getting beat by 22 by NC State, who's unranked. And a lot of that's been going on this year. So I think over the next year or so, you kind of see the – one and done type deal. I think I ain't gonna say dissipate, but it won't be as prominent. I think the power five schools will begin to look to have more two, three year guys than just one and done. I don't, I think it's hard coaching those guys, and it's hard to build a, a team culture when you focus on that one guy. Carolina, if I think Cole Anthony has a real legitimate shot of coming back, uh, he hasn't played super well. I think. Uh, Read or heard something where Carolina's like six and six or six and five with when Cole Anthony starts. Uh, and regardless, like that, they've had injuries, but you know, still they shouldn't be at the bottom of the ACC. Uh, that team is better than that. They have they have Cole Anthony and Bryce Johnson both, who are legitimate dudes at the collegiate level. Brandon Robinson is very capable. Baco is very capable. Leaky Black's very capable. Like you got five dudes that are capable ACC players, and you're at the bottom of the ACC. So that's uncharacteristic, Carolina. I think the expectation was higher for them, regardless of whatever injuries they had. So 
interesting to see kind of how this plays out, seeing, you know, what kids coming back and, uh, you know, just kind of continue to watch all that good stuff. But there's some real good coaching going on around. If you take time to look at other conferences outside of ACC and those, uh, some really good coaching jobs have been done by some really good coaches. So that part of the college basketball won't change. Those guys are fanatics and uh, workaholics. So they're going to make sure that they show up as coaches and, you know, get their teams ready. But if all those looking for an AAU program want to come try for Team Felton, 15U, 16U, 17U, we also will be taking unsigned seniors. That'll be March 7th and 8th at Greensboro Day School uh, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. We have a gym designated for each age group. And uh, my teams will be playing on the Adidas Gold Gauntlet this year. Uh, previously, we were Under Armour Association, but this year will be uh, Adidas Gold. And uh, this will be a new venture for us. We were Adidas before we were Under Armour. Um, but, you know, it's kind of always going through that transition is always tough. So, but we're looking forward to it, looking forward to a new challenge. And uh, anybody who has questions, feel free to reach out to me about the trials. Again, that's March 7th and 8th. Uh, 15U, 16U, 17U unsigned seniors. Also, that same weekend uh, programs, we have a Team Felton 10U to 14U tournament co-sponsored by Big Shots that will be take place in Greensboro. So if you have a 10U through 14U team ready to go ahead and compete March 7th and 8th, that will be at Ben L. Smith High School. If uh, you got a team, go ahead and bring them in. Uh, we got a lot of smoke coming in that tournament, so I'm excited about that to see how this shakes out uh, from 10 to 14 years. So if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call about the tournament trials. If you got a kid in need of the uh, Essential Sports Consultant, call me as well or shoot me a message. That's a this will wrap it up for this episode. Hope all is well. Looking forward to talking to you guys next time. Welcome back to episode two of season two, and we are in the midst of AAU preseason. I'm your host, Fred Cannon, director of Team Felton Basketball, also owner and creator of Ascension Sports Consulting, and I welcome you back to another episode where today we will talk about the mathematics of travel basketball and what to look for as a parent and how to do the numbers to make sure that your kid is taking the right path to reaching their dreams. So uh, first off, I just want to say thank you for the views on the previous episode that kind of blew me away at the number of people that were listening. And throughout this journey, I've been humbled on that, you know, from day one. So uh, like I said, I, I use this podcast as kind of one, definitely be informative for parents going through the process, but two, it's therapeutic to me because a lot of times, uh, a lot of people that are in my situation where you're behind the scenes and you get a little more information than the general parent or the general person in travel basketball, it makes you think and come up with other questions. And it's just good to put these ideas and questions out for the masses so people can also hear them and make more sense of kind of what they're experiencing. But like I said, I'm humbled and appreciate your listenership. And I would love it if you continue to like and share and subscribe to the Ascension Podcast on all major platforms. 
But I just want to say thank you all up front for your listening uh, to this podcast. And a guy like me just valuing what I have to say or critiquing it. Either way, it's all good. But I want to start out today by shouting out a player spotlight. Uh, it's obviously high school playoff time here in North Carolina. Uh, there's a 2021 guard by the name of Caden Dawkins out of Easton Guilford High School who has been putting up phenomenal numbers. Uh, I spoke about him earlier on the podcast. I actually used to work with Caden in the younger years, uh, a good, good friend of, 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 of myself and with the family. And I uh, just wanted to shout him out. He's a 5'8"-ish uh, guard, but it puts up incredible numbers. Reminds me a lot of Junior Robinson, who was another accomplished guard that finished up at Mount St. Mary's. He's now having a very productive pro career overseas. Small guard, but can get where he wants to on the floor. Can shoot it on a, you know, stop on a diamond, pull up J, pull up three-pointers, extended range on the three-pointers. Uh, great creator, facilitator. There's not much this kid can't do on the floor. Caden Dawkins is leading his team. Uh... I think deeper than I anticipated them going in the state playoffs. And he's doing it in convincing fashion. Uh, most recently, last night, scored 40 points in three quarters, uh, which is nuts. I don't care what level you're playing on. 40 points, three quarters, you are cooking. And uh, that kid has been doing that all season. So had a primetime matchup early. I think it was Martin MLK tournament, big shots at Ben L. Smith High School. Had a marquee matchup against another 2021 prime primetime player and DeMarco Dunn out of Westover and had 40 points in that game as well. So uh, a lot of people, I think, first knee-jerk reaction is, oh, he ain't playing nobody or whoever. He, he's done it against whoever's been in front of him. So coaches, if you get a chance to check out 2021, Caden Dawkins, Eastern Gifford High School, uh, point guard, not a combo guard. He's a point guard. He can just score. Um, give, give, do yourself a favor and check that kid out. Well, wanted to talk about the mathematics of travel basketball. And the parents in my organization are used to me going over this with them, especially at the early ages. And when you're doing travel basketball, I usually say like second grade, third grade, through eighth grade. Most of these teams, none of these teams are really sponsored. So you're going to pay some type of parent fee, participation fee, team fee, whatever you want to call it, name it, categorize it. I tell parents, pay that. Like, don't don't be the parent who's ducking and dodging the parent fee from second grade to eighth grade. These age groups aren't sponsored. They, you know, they got all types of costs from tournament entry fees to insurances and all that good stuff. So registration fees, pay that. And the goal of paying that is, is that if you're with a good situation, they're providing guidance for your kid, teaching them how to win, teach them how to lose, teaching them how to play the game, skill developers, picking them up for practice, bringing them home from tournaments, all that good stuff. It's kind of just paying your dues to the game. But when you look at it as a financial investment in your child, you want to make sure that the money that you're spending on those said items is equating to whatever that kid is or aligning with that kid's personal goals. So if your goal is to go to school for free in the long term, in the interim, you want to make sure that four, five, six, seven hundred dollars, whatever you're paying, 
in your entry fees, I mean, in your parent fees, is projecting your son or daughter to reach that end goal. If you're paying four, five, six, seven hundred bucks and you're losing every game, your team's only practicing once a week, you're only playing them, you know, low, you know, I call them low budget tournaments. There's no exposure for an event. There's no competition at the event. And it's just teams showing up and playing. The referees, you know, aren't real officials. In that case in point, you have to look at the value of your dollar that's going out. Because if you're spending $20 for a weekend pass for everybody in your family, the travel to go to the said tournament, say it's $100 a night for the hotel, which is cheap, $200 for the hotel, a mom and dad go to the tournament, that's $40 to go watch the games. You had $240 plus your kids team fee, you almost had a thousand bucks. And you just played one tournament. If you do that from second grade all the way through 12th grade, you probably have enough money that you could have paid for one, two semesters of school or college for that same money that you spent on travel basketball. So the mathematics I want to talk to you today is about valuing the dollar of your investment in your child and how to know whether your financial investment is gaining you traction financially or you're losing traction. So like I said, paying a team fee from second grade through eighth grade is just commonplace. Ninth, 10th, 11th grade, it really all depends. And I think the misconception for a lot of people is when teams participate on a shoe circuit, everybody's contracts are not the same. Everybody's circumstances aren't the same. So case in point, last year, for the last seven years, we've been underarming. There were teams on Under Armour that, yeah, they were participating, but they weren't receiving any free gear and they weren't receiving any cash. They were just given the opportunity for to compete on the platform. They were having to pay for all those flights hotels, ground transportation, uniforms, all that stuff was having to come out of pocket. In those cases, I would imagine those team fees were probably $2,000 at minimum. And a lot of people say, oh, that's a lot of money. It's really not. Because typically, if you're looking for a kid, and here's the general where the geographical location of the team is to the tournament, if you have a team that say like Texas, Oklahoma, our events was in Illinois, uh, Kansas City, uh, and Atlanta, Georgia. So you got pretty much three flights, you know, for that. So if each kid has three flights, that adds up quick. The hotel rooms add up quick. Feeding the kids adds up quick. So there could be costs when dealing with a shoe company team. Uh, same goes like us. We have Raymond Felton as a NBA player, or Garner Road with David West, or any of these guys, right? A lot of people confuse the NBA players' money with the AAU program's money. Raymond doesn't give us a debit card attached to his personal checking account and say, "Go, go to town." A lot of these guys, they definitely make donations. John Wall, Chris Paul, you know, all these guys. I'm, I'm assuming Curry. I'm, like, they have their own arrangements set up around their name with their specific organizations. They could be the same. They could be different. I don't know. I don't know how the other programs operate. 
but there's not a blank check because there's an NBA player associated with your organization. Uh, Montrez Harrell, you know, we have a lot of NBA guys putting their name on these products in the state of North Carolina. But with that being said, the expectation is that the parents are still involved in this process and part of that involvement is financially. So typically, like most ninth grade teams, may or may not have a circuit may or may not be sponsored most teams will definitely have a 16s and 17s that are playing on one of these shoe circuits something to that extent but depending on the setup of their contract with the shoe company there could be a parent fee involved so if you if you run into that situation it's not um, it shouldn't be alarming to you as a parent i know you think because x and y's name is on it that it should be free because he makes all this money and blah, blah, blah. Like, it just doesn't work that way. There's plenty of parents making a lot of money that don't want to pay team fees. So imagine being an NBA player. There's a lot of NBA players that don't want to sponsor 400 kids in the program. Uh, so the whole thing is, as a parent, just understand you will have some financial responsibilities. If you find an opportunity where you don't have to pay, then great, you know, just make sure that you're getting what you want to for that free spot. Because what I normally tell parents is anytime money's involved, if you choose a team and you don't have to pay, being a director that for the last six, seven years, our 16s and 17s were fully sponsored. So with that being the case, we're footing the bill for everything. If your son has a bad weekend or whatever, you're more susceptible to being replaced by another free kid. Because at this point, taking that spot, it doesn't guarantee you anything because there's no investment on your side of it. Um, And I'm not saying that it couldn't happen in the case of you paid, but it's less likely to happen in the case in the travel basketball world. But just understand that those financial investments come with a price. If you're not producing, they're not going to keep flying you around the country for free. And there's no production associated with it. Um, parents, I think, you know, I, I, you know, that's definitely numbers that are crazy out there. But depending on cost of living and on the locations of the trips, um, you know, the numbers can get pretty pricey um, due, throughout the uh, season. So. If you're looking at 9th, 10th, and 11th grade, say the program's asking you to pay $1,000 team fee. The way you can look at it is, is okay, I'm, I'm, I'm investing $3,000 in my son or daughter with the hopes of eliminating $100,000 in student loan debt. If you ask me if that's a fair trade-off, then that's absolutely a fair trade-off as long as the the organization that you're giving the 3000 to has a known track record of not having kids paying money for college. If you give the $3,000 and pay the tournament entry fee, you know, admissions and all that for three years and your son or daughter doesn't go to school, then at that point, if mom and dad traveled on planes and all of that and paid for the weekends and you outside of valuing that the, the family experience or watching your son or daughter play, your family, your household is out of probably $10,000. It's 
if you include flights, ground transportation, food, all that good stuff that you spend throughout that three years. You know, you could cover a semester of school, maybe a year of school, depending on where you're going. I, you know, I'm a little remote. As far as tuition goes, you could cover a year's tuition with that money. So as a parent, what I would do is kind of, it's almost the same way that people purchase stocks. You wouldn't just go dump, you know, $5,000 in the stock that you haven't researched or that hasn't returned any, you know, positive gains or dividends and going to enhance your experience. If you dump in three, four, five, ten thousand dollars into travel basketball and nobody on the team goes to school, then you basically play for a glorified vacation that the kids didn't even get the joy other than playing basketball. So as you're doing the math on your situation, make sure that the program that you choose works best for your kid. And I touched base on that last week's episode about which circuit is best for your kid. And just to kind of review back over that information, just because you play EYBL, Under Armour, or Adidas does not mean coaches are come, gonna come and watch you play on your specific court. And it doesn't mean that all those kids go to college. What you probably wanna pay more attention to is the track record of the programs because there could be new teams on Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, you know, every year. And it's not the circuit that's making the kids go to school. There's usually somebody in that program that is handling the recruiting for those kids. Sometimes it's the coach or a combination of the coach and director or it's the director. Most times the director will be contacted first because they have access to all the information from coaches to kids to parents you know in that situation but it's imperative that you find out if you say you have a kid that's d2 d3 at best and that's kind of who's recruiting him that's kind of what he's tracking out to be or she's tracking out to be find a team that has put multiple kids on the d2 or d3 level a lot of parents look at it as well. I'm going to put them with this organization that's produced high major kids. Well, if your kid's not a high major kid, he's not going to get looked at. And even though you're at, at the EYBL, Adidas, or Under Armour, no coach in there is specifically there to watch your son or daughter play, which means your son or daughter is going to be overlooked. And then you'll be on Twitter saying, you know, they overlooking me, they ain't talking about me, you know, all the hashtags and posts that you see they sleeping on me and that's just not the way the business works so your team could definitely travel and especially the worst mathematics is if you play for a team so just for example so this year we're on the gold division of adidas gauntlet so you have three ssb which would be garner road in the state of north carolina for all intents and purposes, I don't know the mathematics behind that situation, but that's that's the targeted level for Adidas. I'm assuming the sponsorship level, that stuff is increased for that level, that tier of the Adidas situation, right? With Adidas Gold, in some cases you have to pay to participate, in other situations you may or may not have to. But regardless, you're on the Gold Division and there's teams that can purchase their way onto the gold division. 
if your team purchased their way onto the gold division and you go to either, I think first session is either Nashville or Indianapolis. The second session you travel with three SSB as far as the same location, uh, geographical location. So you're in Omaha, Nebraska. Then there's an optional play-in tournament in Atlanta, Georgia on Memorial Day weekend. And then the championships in Birmingham, Alabama. So if your organization buys it, buys its way onto the gold division, which is nothing wrong with that, there's a cost associated with that. That generally is included in your parent fee. So you add that extra cost in. You fly to Indianapolis or drive it or fly or drive to Nashville. Happy day expense hits your family, that's an additional cost. So once you get to those events, if your coach or director doesn't have the capabilities to contact schools that would be in those locations, you fly, drive six to eight hours to those locations and no coaches come to your court. That was bad mathematics because you could have played Rick Lewis with Phenom, you could have played with Kevin Snyder, Big Shots, Hoop Scene with Sean Williams, uh, Hoop Group, and played in geographical area to D2, D1 schools that are in your area that may not spend the budget to go to Omaha, Nebraska. And you would have paid much less in the career, much less cost, and a lot of times debt, because most families don't have the extra cost to to travel and fly they're doing that out of sacrifice to support their their babies and you're willing to put that on the credit card you're willing to take out loans for it or whatever the case may be but i'm telling you right now if you go to one of these events and nobody has made a call on your behalf you're going to be disappointed with the turnout of coaches sitting around your court because it's very you know it's very likely if you're on these backcourts and i can tell you like for ua rise for instance UA Rucks and the Under Armour Association teams participate under one roof. But under that one roof, you will have usually a main set of courts, maybe four courts that are the main attraction courts. A college coach can sit around those four or five courts and see all the top association teams play. The UA Rise will still be in that building, but for case in point in Kansas City, they were upstairs and all the main Under Armour teams were downstairs. Well, if I'm a college coach, I'm not going upstairs unless I specifically ask to look at a kid and feel like the kid fits a need. When I can sit downstairs and see hundreds of kids that are playing for the top level teams. I would assume with Adidas Gold, if it's not in the same building, if there are multiple sites, somebody's gonna have to say, hey, college coach, come watch player X. We're at such and such high school gym in Omaha, Nebraska. If that's not done, they're going to stay where the main courts are at. So, and I, with Nike, there's no spinoff tournament. So, if you make the EYBL team, the importance of that is if you're paying for the travel for the EYBL and your son is the 10th man on the team and does not play, not only is he not going to get a scholarship because he did not play, you spent money to go to these events. So again, it's bad mathematics. So when I say make sure you pick the appropriate platform, if your son is a top five, top six kid at his position, 
is acknowledged throughout the state and all the reputable scouts and all that and you go to the EYBL, you're in the rotation, you're playing minutes, then yeah, make that investment in your kid because he's playing and it's just up to him to perform at that point. And he still needs coaches to contact college coaches on his behalf. And, but if he does that, the coaches would be there and he just has to perform and secure the scholarship or your daughter. If they're not top five or top six and you're a college level player, but you need more opportunities to kind of secure your place in the pecking order, then Under Armour Adidas makes more sense. You can go to a program and they'll be kind of centered around you. You'll be the guy um, as far as the marketing tool, which definitely brings more coaches to pinpoint you. And again, as a parent, once you spend that money to go watch your kid play, he's playing and she's playing. And it's up to your child at that point to perform. Um, if you're a kid that's D2 or D3, I'll be honest with you, there's no need for you to go play on anybody's circuit because the mathematics from the college standpoint side is this. D2 schools especially have a certain budget that they're dealing with. But then to bring an out-of-state kid in, it eats up so much of their budget because the out-of-state tuition is more than the in-state tuition. So for the cost of that out-of-state kid, I could potentially get two kids or maybe three kids in-state and save that money on the tuition that I have to pay out with those scholarships. Say Fred Cannon's one, you know, he's a top D2 prospect. And Fred lives in North Carolina. For Winston-Salem State, to get Fred, I might be able to qualify for academic money I might qualify for Pell Grant money that allows me to go to this school at you know a fraction of the cost, which costs the basketball program a fraction of the cost. So now they can bring in another kid that's better than Fred from Charlotte. And they might that kid may not qualify for academic money or not qualify for the Pell Grant. So we want this kid bad enough that we're gonna get him the full scholarship to come play in West Salem State. Their balance is like balancing a checkbook. You know, I know. You millennials don't understand the <laughs> concept of balancing a checkbook, but the D2 program has to track those dollars down to the cent to make sure they're covering everybody and that they're using their money wisely. So if you're a D2, D3 kid, find the tournaments where the D2 and D3 coach is going to be at. Mount Olive's not flying to Omaha, Nebraska to try to find a kid on Adidas Gold Dome. Uh, that most likely be at Big Shots, be at Rick Lewis with Phenom, because those are the kids that they're looking at in-state. They can find some steals, and then they'll wait for the kids that fly out to Omaha, Nebraska, that don't get recruited to come back home and play in one of these events. Because with D2 and D3, they can come to every event to scout. They're not, you know, they're not just reg regulated to go to the live period events. They can come to any of the events and watch you play. So at that point, if my son or daughter is Division Two, Division Three, like the whole thing is just being seen as much as possible those D2 and D3 schools. So go to those tournaments. Play your local tournaments. There'll be a D2 or D3 coach there. It, it definitely will be. But as a parent, you have to understand this before you go out and spend money that you don't have. And even if you have it, money can't buy the scholarship. Like, I don't care if you want to buy the team's uniforms or whatever the case may be. You can spend $20,000 for your son to be on that team and still not get the scholarship. It just doesn't make sense. 
So if your goal is to go and play for, you know, a college scholarship, find the right fit for your son. Your needs is different. And every organization is good at something. We all talk our talk and all that good stuff, but, you know, as a director, I respect what all these programs are doing. And that's from whoever, you know, everybody is sacrificing time to help a kid in their own way. And our methods may all be different, but at the end of the day, every director out there is providing a platform for children that usually aren't theirs to accomplish their goal. Uh, you know, I, I don't care how you're doing it. If you don't respect that aspect of it, I, I'm out. You just one of those people that's gonna be very hard to please. Um, somebody's volunteering their time to ensure your son or daughter has a better outlook on the future. And like I said, sometimes we all fall short on the direction we push the kid, but. The, the the intent was to help your, your son or daughter go to school or become a better person or whatever that program's aim is. I think the intentions were sincere and right in how they were trying to do it. Um, but at the same time, everybody's strengths may not fit the, you know, the need of your child. You know, some some programs play every weekend. That may not fit your budget. It may not fit your child's situation. If some some programs say, "Hey, we plan on this circuit. You come play, and hopefully you get something." If your son is not that type of kid, then that's probably not the best situation. Um, your kid may be the number one player in the country. Your situation and your needs is going to be different. You may want somebody that's got experience dealing with agents because you may not want to go to college. You may want to go play pro. You. You might just only want to deal with Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky. You need somebody there to help facilitate that. Or USA Basketball or McDonald's. Or Your needs are different. So as a parent, find out which program meets your needs. If, generally, if you can align the needs for your kid up with the, the strong point of the program, you're going to enjoy your experience. Most parents are the better kids are the better. You chose the organization for the wrong reason. And that could be shoes and book bags, the schedule. Uh, we going to LA. Well, if you go to LA and your son don't play, daughter don't play, you're going to be salty because you spent money that you probably didn't have or you had and you just didn't want to spend to see your kids sitting on the bench the whole way, weekend. Or you're losing or a combination of the both. Your team is losing and your kid isn't playing and you spent money you didn't have. Like the mathematics don't add up in that. A lot of people ask me about mom and pop situations. Well, Here's the dynamics of mom and pop. Can a kid go to school for mom and pop? Absolutely. But the challenges that face with the mom and pop is this. A lot of the mom and pop coaches don't have access to the resources of the shoe sponsor team, meaning phone numbers from that shoe sponsor. So for us, when we were under armor, that was a liaison that gave us contacts and sent our rosters to all the Andorra schools in the United States. Um, a lot of times we were empowered with contacts with schools or whatever the case may be. For mom and pop, I did both. So I've been in my car and knocked on doors to go meet college coaches and all that. I chose to invest that myself. A lot of people aren't doing that. So if you get in a mom and pop situation, you can win a lot of games. But the key that you have to ask that person that's doing that team, if it's just a team um, or running that program, is how many kids have they been involved with with recruiting 
Uh, can they call a coach? Can they speak on your kid's behalf to somebody that matters? That's the biggest thing. If they can do that for you, or if they very good at choosing a schedule to make sure your kid is seen, all that stuff is kind of where you just want to figure out. But if you absolutely can go to school playing for a mom and pop team. It's just that a lot more things had to line up, I guess. That's the easiest way for me to put it. Because um, granted, a, a college coach, if I got a slim budget, I can go to Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, depending on what school I am. And like I said, see hundreds of, quote unquote, the top kids in the country. And then, you know, including Canada. Um, whereas if I go to a local event, you pretty much gonna have regionalized teams. So you might be seeing 10 or 20 of the best regional kids, or I wouldn't even say that because in the state of North Carolina, like you, you have us. So Adidas' goal is us, Team Felton, Team Tres, Team Loaded North Carolina on Adidas' goal. Then you have Garner Road, that's three SSB, Adidas. You have Team Charlotte, Team Curry, that'll be Under Armour. And you'll have CP3 is Nike. I'm not sure of what, I didn't mention Team Wall because I, I don't know what they, I know they, John just signed with Nike not long ago or maybe a year ago. I'm not, you know, I haven't seen what their plans are, what they plan on doing, but I'm sure they'll end up, some, something's in process. Being through that process myself, that takes a little time to rebrand and uh, kind of get the, the paperwork signed and dotted as far as like the transition from one brand to the other that takes a little time that's not something that's done overnight but when you look at these programs these these are the teams that we plan on some form and fashion of one of these shoe circuits um ua rise is a little more open uh it's a little larger as far as who they encompass i know in previous it had been psb select which is now curry uh, so that's kind of one and the same, I'm assuming, unless they're doing multiple teams, which could be a possibility. Uh, Flight 22 has been a team that's played UA Rise. Uh, I think Durham Hurricanes is a team I remember seeing with UA Rise. But again, like with UA Rise, there's so many teams playing at one time. And generally it was during times when the association teams were not playing or if there was a primetime UA matchup, all the coaches are going to watch the UA matchup. I haven't experienced Adidas Gold yet, but I said for me, I know my relationships with the coaches that I have, with the kids that, well, you know, for the players, I know I would be able to get coaches no matter where we play at. But that's 20 years of knocking on doors and building those relationships to make sure those, those coaches are in the building. So if you're with, mom and pop situation just make sure that they still have to have a track record um, and usually what it takes is one kid on your team to kind of get traction and then it's kind of easier to sell your other kids based on the success of the one kid that giving you traction um, case in point I would use Team Trez again for that um, Keyshawn Porter was a kid that you saw that kind of came on uh, kind of mid-summer. Uh, I can't remember what, it was one of the events in Georgia. I don't know if it was the 
Bob Gibbons Tournament of Champions or one of those type of events. He really started to build his name for himself. And I remember seeing him at a big shot at this event. And it was kind of like, man, this kid, you know, got some real good tools with him. And then it kind of probably spread to the other kids on the team. I'm not sure exactly where the other kids ended up at, but it definitely, you you were aware of the program at that point in time. Emil Flowers kind of did the same thing for the Greensboro Warriors. I think if you take Emil off the Warriors and you take Keyshawn Porter away from Team Trez, the thing with mom and pop is, I don't know if those other seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever number of kids on their roster, I don't know if at that point they get it, the attention that they may or may not deserve because they don't have that one name to draw the attention there. So uh, that's kind of where where that kind of falls, and you have to just kind of determine what fits best because uh, obviously, you know, Emil could have played on any of the shoe teams and held his own. Uh, Keyshawn could have played. And in this game, and there's a lot that's changed over the years, that's loyalty. You know, I, and I get it from a parent's perspective. Like, if you have a kid that's played with a certain group of kids for five, six, seven, eight, nine years, whatever the case may be, it could be a difficult emotional decision to say, hey, we're going to take we'll take you over here because we really feel like this is the best situation for you to continue to grow. Um, and it could or could not be. Like sometimes kids leave the situations they've been familiar with and go to a shoot team and they don't play or they get lost. And all the work they kind of built up in because they didn't trust that process is all for nothing. On the flip side, there's been kids that stayed with their teams and the coaches don't see them, especially with the new live period set up. Um, with there only being two weekends in April and one in July, it was a lot easier to be mom and pop or anybody because you used to have two in April and three in July. You basically had three weeks in July to be seen. It was a lot easier to get those kids the exposure they needed. And you got a lot of primetime matchups because there was events like in Vegas that they would put super pools like Fab 48. You would have like a mom and pop team in the pool, a Nike team, Adidas team, and Under Armour team all in the same pool. So everybody was getting a, a lot of marquee matchups. You got a chance to show what you could do and kids can really elevate themselves as far as recruitment, rankings, all anything that the parents are looking for, you could get at one of these events. And now with Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour all doing their things in April and July, nine times out of the 10, the D1 coach is going to be at those events. The head coach may be at one, the assistants will be at the others, but they're at those events. And then you might have for regional schools, they'll have somebody at like the other events. But again, for the mathematics, if a college coach has to pay $600 for a booklet to go watch to enter the gym to watch kids play and it does cost that much they're going to make sure they can see as many many kids as they can for that 600 bucks especially for the smaller schools now for duke or kentucky or those type of schools they don't that ain't gonna bother them um they probably spend that on dinner but for these other schools spending 600 per staff member to come to those events if you got three coaches you got 1800 out of their budget that's a lot um, they're going to want to go see as many kids as possible and have the biggest chance to recruit some of these kids. So 
all these things going to play when you're choosing your team. So just make sure the team that you're playing for, they can work for you. And there's a lot of good coaches on all different levels. So whether it's, uh, my, I mean, for me, I, I like Hope and Fay a lot. Like Hope and Fay, he's with, I think he's still with Team Winston, but uh, obviously that Parkman, one of the best coaches I, you know, I've ever coached against. Um, he teaches the kids not to play with, you know, fear, no intimidation, like, don't let, you know, the glitter fool you, that type of deal. Like, one of the best coaches I've ever coached against. Um, I like the way he brings intensity to his kids, his, you know, that, all of that. And they translate to his high school team. Uh, I remember watching him play back in the day. Like, it's all been the same for him. So, coaching, uh, presence, all that stuff, you can get that from any platform. It's just not all shoe teams are connected. Not all directors connected. Not all mom and pop teams are bad. Not so. Don't blanket, you know, one situation. Uh, obviously, we all have our own opinions about our own programs, our own teams, and what we do best. But parents, there's enough people for most of these programs. You can do your research. Team Felton's been around longer than now, ten years. That you can talk to people. You can look us up. You can look at the track record of the players, and if it fits what you're looking for, then you know, we're a good fit for you. Um, Team Lotus been around now for a long time. CP3's been around for a long time. Team United, Team Charlotte, like, these programs have been around, so it's not, you can't say you didn't know. You can go do your research and kind of see where these kids ended up at. Did they go to school? Did, where did they go? Look, last year, like, that's the key. You don't want to look back at this 2003 team, 14, like, are there kids on that team that you know from last year? Because we're basketball people, so we know kids from 2005 and six because we love hoops. As a parent, you probably didn't get into this researching every kid that ever came out of the state of North Carolina. You'll know all the kids that you played against or you watched play. So look at the like last two recruiting classes. If all their kids are ending up in JUCO or and no, no just to JUCO, but... If you're spending the money, that's not your immediate goal. Is I'm playing travel basketball to go to JUCO. If they're all D2 or D3 and didn't receive scholarships, if they're walk-ons at Division One for all levels, man, you have to determine if that's the path you want to take for your son or daughter. But you can do the research with the, just using Google. So I didn't know is not an acceptable answer. And just understanding, like, April sets the tone for July. If you have a bad April, your July pretty much isn't going to matter. The coach has already written you off. We saw you play eight games. You didn't play well. Your team didn't play well. Their scouts said you can't play. Like, it's very hard to come back from a bad April. And a lot of times people say, well, I'm going to switch teams. I'm going to play over here. Switching teams ain't going to do you no, no favors because the college coaches saw you and they haven't grained in their mind what they already saw. So get it right for the first time in April. Changing teams ain't going to be a, a game changer for you um, at that point. So do do all that research now, between now and trials. And, you know, sometimes you'll ask, your, your spot is chosen for you because you may have a program listed as your number one option. And they're either full at that spot or you, they don't. They decided they, they want to go with a different prospect other than your son or daughter. And then you're kind of in scramble mode. But. That's why you want to do as much layer work up front. So I know it's a lot of information to process, but this is what, what's happening. And a lot of times people are doing high school basketball and say, well, we just don't worry about it after high school season. 
if your high school season runs until second, third week of March, the live period is like three weeks from that. And a lot of the AAU teams already been practicing. They bring kids in and might have already played a tournament and or scrimmaged. And your son comes in and actually earns a spot on their team. Well, guess what? These kids already been playing. They already been producing. It's going to be hard to beat those kids out for a spot. So timing plays a huge role in all of this. Uh, what you're looking for plays a large role in it. So it's a lot. And it's not easy. I always tell parents the best thing to do is if you can find a good program at eight seventh eighth grade and you can roll with all the way through it'll save you a lot of stress um because now you already know what to expect you can see the kids immediately in front of you see their trials their tribulations you know the coaches you know the director you kind of know how they do things it saves you a lot of time if you bounce them around from team to team you're always susceptible to a bad outcome because as soon as you don't fit the narrative of their program it's easy for them to get rid of you um or not play you so Parents, do your homework. Make sure the mathematics add up correctly. And, you know, best of luck to all the programs, all the kids. Man, uh, everybody's, you know, chasing a dream. And everybody has high optimism going into April. But uh, you'll see a lot of negative parent tweets as soon as live period is over or during the live period. And it's always the exact same reason we'll... They lied to us, you know, he didn't play, whatever whatever the case may be, there's always something. So try to save yourself that that experience. Um, if you go through that experience, the summer doesn't go as planned, feel free to hit me up. I do offer my services. And, uh, you know, it does cost. I had somebody ask me why I charge kids. What well, part of it is um, for my team, Fulton kids, it's free. Everything that I do through Ascension Sports, I do that for all my team fellow kids. That's that's free. That's part of what you're paying for, what you're paying for. So um, my goal is to get you in school, and I'm going to work hard at that. But the reason why I charge outside is if I have kids in my team felt program that still need me to work for them, and I'm actually taking on as a client, that actually takes away from time that I could be putting into the kids in my program. But also, like – the same way with scouts, you know, scouts come out and cover all these kids' high school games, mixtape guys, and all that stuff. They put all this content out on these kids, and they're spending their money to put gas in the car, and hotels, and flights, and the hours they still writing these reports to send out the coaches. I do the same thing for our kids. I send out a report for our kids. Um, that's range for video companies to come in and, and video our kids and. Just the, the introductions of me going out all around the country to meet these college coaches and build relationships. Nobody's paying me back for that. So, yeah, I do charge. But with that charge, you know, it's 100% right now in the Ascension Sports and kids who receive offers. So, you know, if you don't want to pay for it, then I'm probably not the best, you know, the best resource for you. Now, I have helped kids in the past. Uh, but for me on that flip side like i said i'm still in the travel basketball business and i've helped kids from other programs just because i was a fan of theirs and from an ego standpoint a lot of times those kids wouldn't wouldn't think you know the appreciation of what you did to help them get recruited was not reciprocated so that's the easiest way to put it and uh the thank you wasn't uh always presented even though they didn't have anything so 
at that point in case you remove the emotions from it and you make it a business so now you paid me this money i'm gonna work for you here's the offers that you received and that's it like it's, it's, it's it will keep it a business um and do it that way so you know that's kind of how i came up with my business format and even for the schools that would call me constantly hey fred you you know this kid can you give me this director's phone number i charge them the same now too so even with that being the sec you know the case is you know a lot of times those coaches i'm big on relationships and the people i have relationships with we talk outside of AAU season um so those people like you know freedom of choice you get to choose who you work for and with the college coaches i don't i don't hit everybody up so, you know sometimes people are hitting me like Fred, we really need a fifth-year kid and that could be a fifth-year kid in college that i'm familiar with and know and i'll just go ahead and plug his name anyway just because i want to help that kid out but if you're soliciting help and i gotta kind of fix whatever situation you were in to try to get you in school yes i'm charging you so uh, but if you go through AAU season, high school season already over for you right now. Uh, the late signing period is coming up and runs through it's like the third week in April through like May 19th or May 15th, uh, where kids can sign for this 2020 year. So uh, if you're unsigned senior, you still don't have no traction. You know, definitely feel free to give me a call. But if not, uh, JUCO is probably going to be your best route going to a lot of D2, D3 open workouts is your best route. Prep school could, uh, you know, going to post-grad somewhere. If you got a great situation, that's not going to help you. Um, you might as well go ahead and do JUCO and get those two years over with, come out with a clean slate and make the most of those last two years at, at another program. Prep school, if you already got traction and you just need a little more time to develop and need an extra summer to play and an extra year of high school to play, and post-grad makes sense, but if you're going to pay $20,000 for post-grad, again, make sure the mathematics makes sense. If you're going to go to a prep school, make sure it's not janky and you putting in ten, twelve thousand bucks into a janky prep school where the kids don't qualify. Again, the mathematics don't add up. Make sure the dream isn't surpassed by financial discomfort because once you hit a point where you are so far in financially and you can't pay, you can no longer come up with any more money, that's when parents are stressed and they putting stress on the coach. You better get him a scholarship. You better do this and that. And the thing is, you can't buy the scholarship. And no matter how much money you pay, how many times you go to school, reclass, the whole nine yards, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Like there's only a two or three percent chance that you're going to receive that scholarship and make sure the mathematics works for your family. Don't go in debt paying for an opportunity to scholarship. Because if it doesn't come, now you just thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in debt for no reason. You know, let your son or daughter know, hey, you did your best, you tried, you, your program did good by you, your coach did good by you, it didn't work out for you, let's go to college and get the degree or whatever you decided to do, military, whatever. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Everybody wants to hoop foot play football, but it don't happen for everybody. And sometimes you can go to the top AAU team, you can play at one of the top national schools and you still have slow recruitment, it happens. There's no guarantees in this, but you do want people that work for you and work for your situation. So I can't stress the mathematics enough to you today. Do not go in debt over travel basketball. Do not go in debt over prep school, post-grad, none of that, without a plan. 
at what number are we stopping and cutting our losses? That that has to be a family decision on how much money you're willing to spend, how much debt you're willing to take on for the chance at a basketball scholarship. So we love our we love our babies, and I'm a I'm a new parent as far as my kids are five and seven, and I get it now as a dad that you want to see your kids be happy and achieve success. You don't want them to feel failure. But guess what? Like all of us can go to college. Some of us have jobs and some of us don't. Some of us have student loans. Some of us don't. Like life ain't fair. The opportunity is out there for everybody. So your son or daughter has the opportunity to play basketball as a high school player and travel basketball. That's as fair as it gets. What happens after that, a lot of stuff has to line up for these kids to, to reach that goal of a college scholarship. It's not always going to line up. Injuries happen. Coaching changes happen, whatever happens, stuff happens, and it can prevent you from getting conquering that goal. It doesn't mean your kid failed. It doesn't mean you failed as a parent. It doesn't mean your coach failed. It doesn't mean sometimes the right people didn't see you play, and they may not have scholarships available. Whatever. Take that time. Get you a financial number that you're not going to cross. The amount of debt you're not going to cross, and shoot for that goal. And if there's a team situation that helps you stay under that number, then that's probably the best way to do it. But don't go into debt trying to trying to pay, you know, hope for a basketball, football, scholarship, baseball, whatever. Find that number. And if there's other ways to skin that cat, you know. So I hope this information helps you. There's nothing worse than putting money into something that you, you're not going to see the return that you're looking for. There's a lot of parents around the state that are active on Twitter that you can, if you don't believe me, talk to them. Um, a lot of people in this basketball situation have been around it just as long as I have, and we've all seen parents that they don't end up well. And I just don't want to see you end up in that situation. And I don't care if that's under my platform or anybody else's life. Nobody's doing this to make you grow broke, and nobody's doing this to make kids not reach their goals. So, understand that going into the AAU season. I appreciate your coaches. I appreciate your directors. And don't get it caught up in the, uh, I call it the AAU gang culture, where you see another program, you got a mean mug. Man, it's, the competition is awesome. Like, we all feel like we're the best programs. We all want to play each other. Let's go do it. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But at the end of the day, take the time to talk to these parents. And everybody's going through a recruiting situation. It may be something that you can help them with and vice versa. Um, you know, I, I talk to people from all different programs all the time. So uh, don't don't let the AAU gang culture get you uh, get you or prevent you from a resource or a situation where you can learn or just build a friendship. Like, you know, for us as directors and all that stuff, like nine times out of ten when you see each other, man, it's it feels good to talk to somebody who knows the struggles that you face as a director and all that and you talk about them laugh and all that good stuff like and you build some really cool relationships out of it and of course from the competitive side we all want to win we all want to put the best kids in the best schools and brag about you know where our kids at like that's part of the business but at the same time I you know I would never not be happy for a kid that didn't play for me to achieve success like you know it just that's that's super corny um I want to see all the kids, especially from North Carolina, you know, this, this is where we at. And we watch all these kids grow up and 
we coach and play against each other. Like we want to see these kids achieve success and uh, no matter the platform. So like I said, parents, don't get caught up in the gang culture. Love your kids. Help them as best you can. Help yourselves as best you can and just just make sure that mathematics is, is correct and uh, ask questions. And then once you commit to it, man, just pray on that thing and, uh, you know, enjoy watching your kid play and grow up. The time flies by from 10 and under to 17. It seems like a long time, but, man, the time rolls by. So enjoy this process. Enjoy your kids. Life happens outside of basketball, too, that changes dynamics. You know, we all lose family members and uh, coaches get sick and players get sick and at some point in time, your kid may or may not be able to play. At some point in time, you know, you may have a parent or sibling pass away. or It changes the dynamics of this thing. And you want to make sure that the people you're around, the experiences you're having can uplift you through those times and enhance your life and not be a detriment to what you got going on, especially not to your kids' lives. They only get to be kids once. Make sure this travel basketball situation only enhances what they, you know, what their lives have seen so far. So, that's all I have for you today. I hope it helps you. Um, uh, we got trials and we got our tournament next weekend, March 7th and 8th. We got uh, 15, 16, and 17 U team Felton trials from 1 to 4 p.m. at Greensboro Day School. There is a uh, $25 registration, registration fee, um, and registration will be done at the door. And um, we have our 10U through 14U tournament with Big Shots. Uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina, you can go to bigshots.net to register for that tournament. We'd love to have you. Um, our young teams are excited. And as of today, I also would like to welcome Team Heat out of South Carolina uh, to the Team Felton family. They will be joining our Team Felton family and being our introduction into South Carolina. And uh, we look forward to that partnership as well. So things are always changing. Things are always expanding. And uh I look forward to kind of watching the kids um, concluding in this high school tournament. And then uh, after next week, we'll, I'll talk about the tryout process and how that goes. So look for another episode on season two coming up soon. And then once again, I just want to say thank you all so much for listening. And uh, I'm always humbled by, you know, you guys uh, support so it means a lot to all the other AAU directors and program directors man I pray for injury free uh, season for all your players I also pray for safe travels for all these programs man and uh, I appreciate what you do for the kids and uh, all of us you know do our share to try to make uh, different areas better and uh, you know I, I wish all of you directors and coaches people running teams uh a minimum, you know, a minimal amount of craziness, you know, all the craziness stuff that we get, the phone calls, the delayed flights, canceled flights, uh, hotel rooms not being ready, vans not being ready, all that good stuff. So um, I hope all that stuff goes smoothly for you. And uh, we see each other. If I don't know you, introduce yourself. Like I'm always down to meet new people, new programs, man. It's, it's, it's enough space out here for a lot of us. So um and uh definitely reach out so that does it for season uh episode two season two of this podcast titled mathematics if you got any questions feel free to shoot me a a message on ascension sports on instagram and twitter 
Frederick Cannon on Twitter, uh, Frederick Cannon on Facebook, Coach Cannon on Instagram or Team Felton Sports on Instagram. And uh, make sure you like and share Ascension Podcast if it, if you find it beneficial beneficial to you. It may be helpful to someone else as well. And I uh, look forward to talking to you guys next week. Talk to you later. And make sure, last thing but not least, keep ascending. The whole thing is to continue to move upward and not downward. All right. Talk to you guys next week.